Spread love. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to POV with Kristen Gilmore, where I interview interesting people that you and I are getting to know together. This podcast was created to enlighten, enrich, and inform. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. Tonight, I have a very special guest with me. His name is Jeremy. And upon meeting Jeremy for the first time tonight, I realized that he has such a calming energy about him. Um, And I'm excited to see what he has to share with us. Jeremy, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Absolutely. Thank you for being the interesting and fascinating person um, that you are. You're welcome. I'm excited to get to know more about you. So, Jeremy, tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, sure. Well, first and foremost, um, I am, I'm a playwright. I am a best friend. I'm a creative. I was born in um, DeWarty, California, and that's really, it's in the Los Angeles area, about 10 miles east of Los Angeles, um, born and raised in Los Angeles. I went to the University of Memphis and majored in film and video, anthropology, and um, African-American history. And my passion is, what passions, I love writing, cooking, traveling, and just trying to be the best, most productive person I can be. That is a lot of great information there, Jeremy. You are a a man with a lot of greatness behind you. I had no idea you were a playwright. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So tell me, what motivated you to go into that field? What motivated me was I just had a desire to tell stories. Um, That's what really motivated me. Um, But I I guess the real motivation was I was a film major and I wanted to, you know, produce and make films, but they were a little cost effective. So writing plays and staging plays was a little more, um, I guess, I guess that was cost effective. Just love the theater. I love the live aspect of it, the energy. And I just, I just love the, the whole nature of it. Yeah, me too. I'm a theater kid. I um, I love it too. So I can understand where that could come from. Do you think that um, being from LA and then landing into Memphis had something to do with your desire to tell a story? Because I know LA, Los Angeles is a place where, um, as they say, I guess dreams can come true. Um, but a lot of them are aimed towards television and film and and those kinds of things, or do you think it didn't have any play any part in it? Um, well, you know, my playwriting actually started in Los Angeles. Uh, one of my first plays was produced and it premiered in North Hollywood, which is now like a, a theater arts district. Um, so I would say that, I mean, I know a lot of people don't know this, but yeah, Los Angeles does have a, a theater um, community as well, not as vibrant, I guess, and, and huge as New York City, but um, we do have our share of theater artists out there. 
Okay. And what made you transition from LA and having, and congratulations on having your play um, premiere in North Hollywood. What, what, what took you from LA to Memphis? That's a good question. Well, it was an economic reason. Um, it was right after the, um, I don't know what it was called, the recession. So that's what brought me from Los Angeles to Memphis. Totally understand that. LA is very expensive. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. And so when you looked at Memphis, what about it drew you into their theater and film community? Because you could have chosen anywhere else. Yeah, well, there's so many rich stories here. Mm -hmm. and so many rich underground stories that have not been told. And, um, and I, I love the grime and the grit here and the hustle. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of that here. And there's tons of talent that has yet to be invested in. And I feel like there's a creative community here that is just waiting to get out and show what they can do. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, you know, there's a purpose in everything. And for you to have such passion in the way you describe that, and for me to know it personally, because I'm actually from the outskirts of uh, Memphis, but I went to the University of Memphis and I did a lot of uh, performing in the city. And there's so much talent, just like you're saying. And a lot of it uh, just hasn't been tapped into. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, one could say, you know, that the, the resources aren't here, um, aren't available here, but I, I, and I've heard that, but I beg to differ. I mean, the number one resource is here is the human capital that's here. Um, I think, quite frankly, the media has a lot to do with that. You know, we see the glitz and the glam that's going on in Los Angeles and Atlanta, and we skip over Memphis. You know, we see some of it in Nashville as well. And I think Memphis will get its due. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I hope so. I hope Memphis gets its due. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm grateful for you in saying that, especially since it's not where you were born and raised, but it's where you're building a life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So tell me, in your description of yourself, you also said you're a best friend. So when you think of that, like that best friend, that, that was your number two. What about that, you know, relationship um, stands out for you? A best friend to me is someone who shows, presents unconditional attention, unconditional love. You know, <laughs> when they're, when you're going through that dark tunnel and you don't see any light, you can always call on that person to come rescue you or to come give you any advice. The person's always there and they, they never let you down. Mm -hmm. Someone who's loyal and dependable and has your best interests at heart. Yeah. That's what I define as a best friend. And would you say you know how to be equally a best friend? Well, yes. I mean, I wonder what my best friends say that, but 
Mm-hmm. But I, I try to be. I mean, it's relationships are a work in progress. Yeah. No matter what stage they are, mm-hmm. are in. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to be um, a best friend. And I hope I'm successful at it. I mean, I have several best friends. I mean, you can have more than one best friend, right? Sure. I'd say so. I mean, I would say... Uh, yes, you can have more than one best friend. I would say that they require just as much time and attention as a romantic relationship. They do. And, you know, they can be as or if more disappointing than a romantic relationship, you know, when it comes, you know, if you have a friendship breakup. That's so true. It can sting for a while. Yeah, because no one talks about, you know, when you when you have a friendship, or you know you're, I'd say a best friend, you don't think of ever breaking up with them. You know, when you're in a romantic relationship, you know it's always in your head. Well, this might not last, or you know, something might happen, or blah blah blah. You're so right, Jeremy. I never, you know, I never thought of it like that. But you're absolutely right. You never think about breaking up. You always think that, oh, they'll always be there. We'll always have this bond or this connection. And um, they have to be watered and taken care of just the same. Have you ever lost a friendship that was near and dear to you? Absolutely. How did you cope? Well, I had to do some self-examination. And I had to ask myself, you know, was I partly responsible for this friendship breakup? Um, and, you know, not all friendships are meant to last, you know. And you cope with it by you just have to move on and you have to find other people in your life who can help contribute to your well-being, your overall well-being. And one thing I learned last year um, was what's really essential in one's life. You know, the pandemic has taught me that. And basically what I did was I had to sit down and say, what is the end goal of everything essential in my life? You know, how can I actually... I guess what I did was I just had to go and say, there's nothing wrong with being basic. I had to go back to the basics. Like for me, it was a healthy mind and body, healthy relationships with friends and family and coworkers and even your pets and healthy career and ventures. So I just had to find out what was really essential, who is essential in my life. And sometimes you have to cut out people. I mean, sometimes some people are toxic and you have to learn that. That's a great evaluation, especially coming from a moment in time that I feel like we all had to reevaluate what was important to us. Like you said, what's really essential. And in in coming, in, in figuring that out, did you lose some friendships? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I did. And I felt like it was for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, the thing about losing friendships, it's not that it doesn't still hurt. It's just that it's sometimes something that still has to happen 
in spite of it hurting. And, you know, you really don't know who's there for you until you really need them there for you. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where you have to question your friend or your family members, you know, what is the, what's the end goal in this relationship? Are you helping me? Am I helping you? Or are you, are you hindering my purpose? Mm -hmm. And for me, my purpose is, it's very important because it's all I have and it's why I'm here. Yeah, and in speaking about purpose, let's talk about that. What what have you discovered as your purpose? That I have, every morning I wake up, I am grateful that I have one more day to make it better, whatever that is. It can be a play. It can, it can be a recipe. You know, I have one more extra day to make it better, to make it work to intentionally and purposefully learn and do something new every day. And, you know, I know you've heard that everything that has a beginning um, has an end. Well, I feel like everything that has a beginning has a purpose, you know. And also, you know, I, I don't like when people say, live your life like it's your last day. No, live your life like it's your first day. You know, so you can learn and grow and, you know, take up a new hobby. Like last year, I started growing some lemongrass. I've never grown lemongrass in my life, but I love lemongrass. I cook lemongrass all the time, but I started growing lemongrass and ginger and turmeric. Okay. And that came from your desire to see things grow or to experience new um, challenges? Where did it come from? Whatever I do, I want it to have a purpose. It's got to serve me or serve the ones I love. So I enjoy cooking with lemongrass. I enjoy juicing with ginger. And, you know, I enjoy cooking with turmeric. So those things have helped enhance my life. And for someone, it, it might be, you know, exercising, you know, um, mm-hmm. jogging, you know. It could be, could be anything. Whatever enhances your life that makes you better, makes you more productive. Mm-hmm. I understand that. That's, that to me is the definition of an, an essential life. Mm-hmm. And so when we speak of, and I like how you were able to make it as basic and as simple as that so that no one feels like um, starting something new, like you said, instead of live each day, like it's your last, live each day, like it's it's your first, or you're walking into a new experience, I guess with excitement. I always say, you know, walk into the day with excitement and anticipation. So maybe that's something I could look at what you're saying as. You know, that's how people get stuck in their ways, you know. They just stop growing, stop living, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just not one for that. 
I'm, you know, I'm not, as they say, I'm not about that life. <laughs> How are you able to, um, one, be aware of that and two, choose not to? Well, I don't want to sound like I know it all, but I think one must know. There's something that one must know about themselves. You know, what I see a lot of is I see people seeing themselves in other people. And you see that a lot in social media. They're living vicariously through someone else's life. Mm -hmm. And the person they're living their life through, that ain't even their real life. Mm -hmm. They're renting this and they have filters and they have fake this and fake that. And, you know, I think people really did learn last year who they who they were and they were afraid of what they saw because they didn't know what they were they didn't know what they didn't know what to make of it that is powerful people learned who they were and they were afraid of what they saw because they didn't know what to make of it yeah oh i i must say that is a statement that just called me out because uh that's exactly where i was last year um, yeah, I, I got reintroduced to myself all over again because I had suppressed so many emotions for so many years in my body um, that I had forgotten who I was and the power of, of me and, uh, and my words and how I get to decide. I was giving my power away. You would have thought it wasn't even for sale, you know, because there was no price on it. Uh, did you have a moment like that last year that gave you a shift and a, a turn? Uh, absolutely, I did. Um, I had a, a, a couple, you know. Um, one was, you know, I, I stopped drinking alcohol. I wasn't an alcoholic, but I, I just stopped drinking it because I felt like, you know, you know and I have had like a glass of wine with friends or a couple of glasses of wine on the weekend. But I didn't like the way it would take hold of me, you know. I just didn't mm -hmm. like that. so I quit. I quit drinking alcohol, uh, and that was on my birthday actually when I quit. When's your birthday? Um, March second. Congratulations! Oh, thank you, thank you. I mean, there was early in COVID because I know around that time, liquor stores had lines wrapped around the buildings. <laughs> no, they did, and people were like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep this open. Yeah. Else. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> some people will argue that uh, alcohol is a part of self care. Um, so for you to say, oh, let me remove this because I don't like how it makes me feel, that's that's something. That's something to be aware of and be very present in your body about. What did you see happened after you did that? Oh, I saw clarity. Mm. You know, I saw um, focus. I was able to be much more productive and develop, you know, more creatively. Um, and, I, and it just opened a whole new window. Okay. Was that a, a cold turkey thing for you? Or was it something that you kind of started to miss again? Or maybe you feel like you could you know, go back and have a drink, but in, with a different mind frame or mindset? Or is this like, nah, I don't need it? Uh, it was more like, ah, I don't need it. Mm. And also taking up juicing. I love I love to juice. I replace alcohol with juicing. 
Yeah. Um, and also going back to some toxic relationships, I detach <laughs> myself from those as well. And I just focus on me. There's nothing wrong with focusing on yourself. That's yeah. right. Self-care. Nothing wrong with it. Way to go, Jeremy. Yeah, just, you know, living your authentic self. And for me, it was freeing and cleansing from, you know, certain attachments, obsessions, and, you know, the like. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I completely understand that. Because the truth is, alcohol doesn't add anything to our bodies. It has no... um Nothing that it can do that's positive has a positive effect, uh, but juicing does. Yes, juicing is amazing. Yeah, and I don't want to knock anyone who has a glass of wine. I'm not one of those. Oh, people. I don't think you are. I mean, I, 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 the the thing I love about this show um, is that it's from your point of view, so you are 100% valid in everything that you feel. And someone else seeing that red glass of red wine as their piece, you know, or their nighttime beverage before they go to sleep, that's their choice. And that's what works for them. And that's their point of view. So I wouldn't dare. I'm not taking it like that at all. I am a girl who loves a glass of red wine. So, you know, I am definitely not taking that um, from you. Like I said, it's your point of view. But who knows from listening to your perspective and your point of view, I may be like, huh, maybe I'll replace my red wine with some beet juice <laughs> still be something red in my glass yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so tell me jeremy what what life experience to date up until this point would you say has had the most impact on who you are Ooh, that's a really good question what life experience. You know, this is going to sound, well, I don't think it sounds crazy, but my cat. Really? Yes. You're a man who loves cats. I see guys on TikTok who are like, they are cat lovers. So tell me, tell me, tell me. I I, I didn't. I I, I didn't love cats in the beginning. I've had this cat for three years now. Okay. And um, she actually followed me into my home like it was really cold outside. It was February and it was like 19 degrees and she was a kitten. So she followed me into my home and I was like, well, what are you doing in here? You know, so I fed her and then, you know, I let her back out. And then 30 minutes later, she knocked on the door. She was scratching on my door. So I said, you know what? Just come in just for the night, mm-hmm. you know, and that led up to three years now. And I think what my cat did for me, it, she rather, she softened me, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how when people have kids, kids change them? Yeah. And for some people, their pets are their kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't have kids, so I guess she is a kid to me. But for some reason, she, she just brought a new perspective to me. It was like, okay, here's a living being that I'm taking care of, and it's really not all about me. Yeah. Ooh, I love that you said that. She softened me, and also she found you. So, she did. Yeah. yeah. 
very, very, very interesting. And what a sweet, sweet love story. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That is, that is beautiful. Well, tell yeah. me this. If you could think of something that brings you joy, what would be that thing that brings you joy? Well, like I said in the beginning, just knowing when I wake up, being grateful and know that I have one more day, one more extra day to make it better, to make it work. And writing brings me joy. I, I just, I enjoy it to the fullest. Yeah. We were talking earlier about you being um, a playwright and a storyteller of plays. What kind of writing do you enjoy doing? Is it is it fiction? Is it um, more so based on true stories? Is it about Black people in the community? Um, what are your plays about? Well, I would say my influence was The Twilight Zone. You know, in mm-hmm. the 19, I think, 50s and 60s Twilight Zone. That was, that's been a huge influence on my writing. You know, I like stories that take you to a place and a time that you would have never imagined. Hmm. I love science fiction. Uh, I love fantasy. Um, I tend to, I mean, I can write, uh, I tend to stick to those areas, science fiction, fantasy, and the supernatural. Uh-huh. Well, I have one last question for you. Well, two kind of. Um, if there was one thing you'd want people to take away from meeting you, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. About me? Yeah. That I'm just a human being trying to be the best human being that I can be every day. That's beautiful. Well, Jeremy, if we wanted to get to know more about you, how could we do that? Oh, sure. Well, you can. I'm on Instagram at jtalknow. Okay. And also, can I plug my play? Absolutely. That was going to be my next question if you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a play coming out. It's called it's a it's called Black Heaven. And it's a it's in a series of plays. And people can check it out at www.fadetoblackfest.com. That's www.fadetoblackfest.com fade to black and then f-e-s-t dot com and that's going to be available on streaming on demand so just go to that site and check it out and my instagram is jtalknow and you can also if you want to email me jtalknow at gmail.com jeremy let's talk about this uh black heaven oh my goodness congratulations Oh, thanks. Thanks. Absolutely. Can you can you give us a synopsis? Well, it's a contemporary African-American mythology about a place that it comes from. And this is from childhood stories I've heard, conspiracies, um, realities, all that I've heard within the African-American community, just growing up, you know, listening to my grandmother and my uncles and aunts, just all of these stories 
coming into one. And it's a supernatural science fiction type of um, story. Okay. And so um, it's a supernatural science fiction type story about, about growing up into, I'm sorry, what was the last part you said? Oh, well, just stories I've heard over the years, you know, mm-hmm. from my grandparents and uncles and aunts, you know, about certain conspiracies and realities yeah. and things like that, that, that with respect to the African-American experience. Mm-hmm. And how did you come up with the name Black Kevin? Because that is, that's, I mean, it makes you stop and go, oh, this sounds interesting. How did I? You know, it, it just, I think it just came out of a dream. Nice. With you. And I just, I, I rolled with it. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm glad that you were available to receive it in that way. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. And pr- congratulations for being active in your passion um, and available to it so you can create works. I, I am excited to see what you do in Memphis and beyond. Like I give all my guests, I'm giving this to you and I'm so grateful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me tonight. Wow. Thank you for having me. Uh, absolutely. Your positive energy, your words of motivation. Um, yeah. What's really essential in a person's life is a question I wrote down and it's going to stick with me. And I, it, and you're challenging me now just by saying those words for me to write down those answers for myself. Thank you, Jeremy, for sharing with us tonight. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, beautiful people, I know you heard it from here. I hope you take some words of wisdom from Jeremy Like I just said, what's really essential in one's life, that may be something we need to evaluate about ourselves. Let's also make sure we check out Black Heaven, www.fadetoblackfest.com, as well as his JTalk Now IG and JTalk Now at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you next time on the next episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. Good night. Thank you for joining us for another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. See you next time. Bye. Ha!